I've already taken my shoes off, so I hope you are ready. Because I don't do that unless my feet are sweating. My feet usually sweat when something really supernatural is happening. And it should happen every Saturday, and it does in some way, shape, or form, but it has already happened tonight. So welcome. So glad to see you tonight. I hope you're ready for a little bit of a ride that we're going to take together. Um, starting this new series, Love God, Love Others, Live It Out. We're starting a sub-theme. The whole year's theme is a year to live. A year to live. And we're going to, right? Oh, wow. We're going to, right? That's right, because there's been some years. We haven't been that sure, have we? But this year, we're sure. We're going to live. And this has been the screen, if you will, the slide so far in January. And we have these sub-themes coming up throughout the year. So we're going to start the sub-theme of Live It Out. And we're so excited. We're going to let Live It Out take as long as it needs to. Um, we're not going to time these sub-themes. But for sure, Live It Out starts tonight. And it starts in February with Love God, Love Others, and Live It Out. You know that our passage that we have chosen for 2023 comes from Galatians 2.20. And I have used different versions, different weeks, different versions of the Bible, different weeks. Tonight, I'm actually going to use the New King James Version. We've used the NIV. I would suggest you find one that is a little simpler for you to memorize. I think memorizing scripture is important. I think when we memorize the Word of God, we plant it into our hearts, into our minds, and in a moment of attack with the enemy, we bring it up and it's a weapon, all right? Bottom line. And so I'd like for you to take Galatians 2.20, find it in NIV, the CSB, the ESV, the NLT, MIGD, whatever, all right? And, um, and I want you to find it and choose it and memorize it. But tonight... NKJV. Let's look at it together. I, have, I hope you can see that very well. Okay, beautiful. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that good news, y'all? Now, this passage has so much in it that we are going to use it the entire year. And we're going to be breaking down little pieces of it here and there throughout the year. Let's look at it again. And would you read it with me? Let's read together. I won't read fast. I'll read your pace. Ready? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What a gift. You say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so the part that we're going to break down for the month of February of this passage is no longer I. Works well for loving God and loving others, right? And living it out. That one letter, ah, can really get in the way, can it? Boy, it can trip us up. No longer I. And so that's what we're going to be going in February in order to love God and love others 
and live it out, we're probably going to have to do a little bit of no longer I. And so I hope you'll take the ride with me, and tonight it starts with love God. The truth of the matter is that we are incredibly vertically challenged because we are so horizontally focused. We are so distracted and so consumed with the horizontal relationships and what people think of us and how that's going, that we are tripped up constantly in this vertical relationship with the Lord. We often treat this as if this is the vending machine we go to when we need something. Versus this is where I get all that I need and all that I have to operate here. But we are so vertically challenged because we are so horizontally focused. And we're going to work on some of that tonight. Because if we can get this vertical relationship on track, everything else gets properly placed. I really believe that. Do you? Because it is here that we find everything that we need. For here. Again, we will allow this series to take as long as it needs. If we need to spend five weeks on Love God, we will. And we're just going to sense what the Spirit has. But our plan is two weeks on loving God and two weeks on loving others and moving on in March to another topic. But I just really believe that the Lord has something special each week for these topics. And tonight, I'm so excited. We're actually going to go into a little bit in-depth study and look at a certain passage in just a second from Matthew 22, which you've heard. But I just want you to know that there's no way that we can do what we're about to talk about tonight without first recognizing that every bit of strength that it takes to even love God comes from God. Like, I need Him to even be able to love Him. I need the Holy Spirit to give me everything I need. I need to recognize, first and foremost, that I have the resurrection power inside of me and that is the only way I can even have the strength to turn my mind or my heart or my soul to the Lord. And so know that tonight as I share, I'm not calling you to sweat more in your relationship with God. I'm calling you to tap into the power that you have available to you so that you can. And I want you to know that I know where that power comes from. Father God, Jesus the Son and His Spirit, He is a triune God and He has everything we need. To make these decisions and to make these changes in our life that we might need to make. So let's look at Matthew 22 together. We're going to be in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. A very common passage that you've probably heard if you've been in the church at all throughout your life. There's a little bit of background on that this matters much of what we're talking about tonight except for the fact that it starts with teachers. So Jesus is the teacher that they're talking to. These are just some Pharisees trying to trick Jesus up and kind of trick him to get him to make a mistake. These are the Pharisees trying to figure out who he really is and where his power comes from and who do you think you are. And so just simply the background right now for the word teacher so you know who's talking to whom. Pharisees are talking to Jesus. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And they're trying to trip him up. And Jesus 
recites Old Testament. He goes back to Deuteronomy here. And he kind of uses their language that they love and adore so much. But um, he brings perspective. And Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We will be using that as a secondary passage through this series. Let's look at the first, that first, uh, Matthew 22, 37 again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And right there, it gets difficult. Can anybody else get honest with, with me? And right there, I'm like, that's hard. I have my glasses on, I couldn't see you. Right? That's hard. Right there, all of a sudden it's like, we all sit here and we're like, amen. Is anybody else like sweating to that, because of that commandment? Like, that's hard. With all. And I don't think we're honest enough that that's hard. And that feels hard. And sometimes that feels like, uh, we can't, I can't. This human thing. And I just want to give you permission tonight to be honest with me, because I'm going to be honest with you. Immediately, that's hard. And so we just got to get honest. And, we, and you know, we like to say, amen, that's right. But let's be honest about the truth that that's hard. And again, I need God and his help to even be able to love him with all. Otherwise, I get in the way. No longer I. So let's break it down. I wanted to know what Jesus was actually saying here. I wanted to know what he was calling us to. I wanted to know what he meant by heart, soul, and mind. I wanted to know what it means to give all my heart and all my soul. And so I looked up the, the Greek text to further understand what we're being called to here. So when you take this journey with me, when it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, let's look at what that's saying. So heart, cardio, okay? So we see the Greek there, the Greek word for heart, and as we would say it, cardio. What's important about this is that we recognize that this is not talking about the physical body organ. This is talking about the very center of our being. This is talking about the command center of our lives. This is talking about the place where we make these words desire decisions. The heart, you've heard me talk about that command center before. The heart is the command center that we are working from. Where the desire decisions are made. The cardio. The place where we decide what we desire and what we're going to do about it. And so now I'm really challenged to love the Lord my God with all my heart. I would have to take note of my desire. And I would have to take note of the reason I decide what I decide and what desire that I'm working from. And turn that 
to loving God with my literal desire. That I desire to love God. And I will decide based on that. My karma to love the Lord my God with all the center of my being. I gotta tell you, there are times that I have been right there. And there are times I have struggled being right there. There are times I have, in the center of my being, wanted it to go a different way. And wanted it to do, wanted to do it my way. Anyone else? But to love the Lord my God with all my heart. Means to let him fill my very command center in which I decide and where I place my desires to love God with all my heart. To love God with all my soul. Let's look at that. This word is where we have gotten the word psyche from or psychology. But it is said suke, P-S-U-C-H-E, suke. I love studying this and finding this information. For those of you that um, geek out about biblical stuff, this is from the strongest concordance and helps word studies. I love this. The soul, as it's referred to in this passage, Matthew 22, 37, is the usage is the vital breath. The breath of life. The seat of affection and will. The very will of ourselves. An individual. Listen to this. An individual personality in 5590 helps word study says to breathe, blow, which is the root of the English words. The moment that God breath became the gift of life into a person. To love God with my very breath. To love God with my very being that it's breath deep. That my will and my personality would even be turned to him and that I would love him with my very being, making them, it says, an insold being. E N S O U L E D. Insold being. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. This would be pronounced Dianoia. Say that. Dianoia. Yeah, dianoia. The Greek for mind. This would be your understanding, your, inter your intellect, your insight. This would be my favorite right here out of Helps Word Studies. Thoroughly from side to side. So I love this. So what the mind is, both sides of the coin in which you think. I love 
that Jesus chose a Greek word that basically says every corner of your mind, love it with all of it. The feeling side, the thinking side. Because some of you are like, well, I'm left-brained. <laughs> yeah, that's I do. Well, I'm right-brained. Well, that's I do. Side to side. Every corner of our mind. Love the Lord your God from this side and across to the other side of your mind. It says this in 1271 in Helps Word Studies. Incorporates both sides of a matter to reach a meaningful personal conclusion. Such full breath reasoning is essential to loving the Lord and our neighbor. Such full breath, meaning full reasoning, is essential to loving the Lord, our neighbor, and the Lord and our neighbor. That side to side, front to back, top to bottom, every corner of our mind, the analytical side, the feeling side, the 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 front, the back, the, all the different parts of the brain. He's saying, love the Lord your God with all of it. I love that you analyze. I love that you do that. I love that you're a verbal processor. I love that you're an internal processor. I love all of that. And you, I love you know what else I love? That you get to love God no matter how you think. It's possible. Jesus said so. The Bible tells us so. When we consider who God is, which I'm not going to spend a ton of time on all the attributes of God tonight, that's next week, but when we consider who God is, and most of us in the room have considered that, when we truly stop and consider who God is and all that he's done, and we kind of push aside all those horizontal distractions I talked about earlier, Next thing you know, every side of my mind is loving him. When we stop and consider all that God has done and all that he has done, he went all out for me and you. He gave it all. It's all of a sudden and in a response to love him with all of my heart. And in those finite moments where you find yourself on your face before the Lord your God, loving you with all that he has and all that he is, and you recognize that he is the author of your life, it's like in that moment, it's almost just automatic that you worship him and love him with all your soul. I like to live there. I'd like to let my command center become more focused on him and live with a command center that pleases him. That my, even my desires and the decisions that I make that come from the depths of my commitment center please him and love him back. I would love for every breath I take 
to be just a sweet song to his ear because I love him and even my breath. And when it gets really weird and hard in the world or in your home or in your day or in your journey and things don't make sense, don't we just want to simply turn our eyes upon him and just take our mind to the very corners to who he is and what he's done? You see, it's like in the moment when we are so near to him, and in the moment where we so desperately need him, we find this depth of love for him. And it's in this space here that all of a sudden, it's me. It gets really trippy when I make it about me. And so let's be a people that live and breathe and think towards a God who loved us and gave himself up for us and not just in the sweetest moment of our salvation or in the desperate places of our life, but in the daily walk, waking up and saying, no longer I. We are all on that journey of getting there. But here's what's up. The Pharisees asked, and so Jesus told them. They asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, this is it. This is it. And you and me, we're studying the life of Jesus and what he said, what he's calling us to. And tonight, he's calling us to the very moment of salvation with him where it's so sweet you cannot absolutely almost taste him and we love him back. And he's calling us absolutely in the moments of desperation where we need him so bad we're calling out and we can sense him near and we love him back. But he's also calling us in the daily to no longer I. And that's hard. But he's given us everything. We need to do it. God the Father, supreme being, calling us and drawing us to himself, gave all that he had so that we could have access to him, so that we could have his spirit leading us and guiding us, teaching us and instructing us all along the way to be his and to live in a way that moves our heart and our mind and our soul more towards him and not just in the margins, but in the daily. And I'm thankful. Church, his yes and his no, his give and his take, his fruit and his pruning, his favor and his withholding, his open doors and his closed doors are because he loves us. We are so conditioned when it's good that we're like, yes, and when it's bad, we're like, what the? But he's calling us in his yes and his no, his open doors and his closed doors, his fruitfulness and his pruning. Ouch. He's calling us in the yes and the no and the good and the
the heart is calling us all around to turn our eyes toward him, recognizing that everything he is doing is because he loves us. And that when it's good, we can love him. And when it's hard, we can love him. Because his will for our lives is more important than anything we will for ourselves. That will is in the soul. You ever talk about a strong-willed child? Believe it or not, that was Dallas. Not picking on you, Dal. <laughs> but Dallas was incredibly strong-willed. And he said no a lot. And we worked on that. And I remember my mom saying to me one day, Marcia, that stubborn, strong will is going to become a strength of his. Don't see it as something that is going to be his detriment. See it as, a, as something that is going to be something that is a strength of his. And it has been. And I'm proud of son. It's been hard to say no at times, I know. But I'm proud of you. Stay strong. Don't tell me no sometimes. <laughs> but stay strong, son. I'm proud of that. We see children with that strong will, careful. That could be the very strength in the daily where they have to choose to love God over themselves. Or over what feels good or over what everyone else is doing. Or over what's easy. That strong-willed child is an opportunity to helpfully, with God's help, remember he has all that we need as parents even, to, with his help, guide and lead that child making good decision, decisions and strengthening them in their own faith, helping them understand their own identity in Christ so that when it gets really weird and hard for them, they can choose to love him and maybe choose to honor him with their life choices. That will that God has for us is stronger than that desire you have for self. Tap in to him and his will. I want to read you this passage, Psalm 32 I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Oh, there's been times, you guys, in my life, and I know in yours, that you're like, but why, why do I have to go this way if the goal is to get there? Well, I can promise you this. If God is telling you to go this way, even though the goal is to get there, it's because he loves you. Now, if you're out there doing your own thing, that's not a God thing. Come back to no longer I. Where do you have me going, Lord? I want to turn my mind, my thoughts, my bones in your direction. Okay, you want me to go that way, even though we're getting over there? It's because you love me. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. What a promise, church. You're wondering why it's taking so long? He loves you. You wonder why it went that way? Well, maybe there was some human error along the way. Yes, but you know what? He loves you. 
You wonder why you're going through that? Well, we live in a fallen world, absolutely. But also, he loves you. And all the way through, a life surrendered to him will experience good and hard. And you know why? Because he loves you. And because we live in a fallen world. But isn't it good to know that he loves you? Isn't it good to know that he loves you? He does. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. When we love the Lord our God with all, we need not insist on our own way. It is no longer I. This was my notes. I decided to leave it in there for you to read it. We surrender the places on us and in us that keep us from his will. The desires of our heart begins to change and we become aligned with his will for our lives. I'd like to read that again. When we love God with all, we need not insist on our own way. It is no longer I. We surrender the places on us and in us that keep us from His will. The desire of our heart begins to change and we become aligned with his will for our lives. And here that is in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, this is the NLT, by the way. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It is no longer I. In Romans 12, 1, it calls us to give him all, to love with all. It says, your, whole, your bodies. And as I look up, I see our whole selves, our center, our cardia, our very being, our very breath, that will, that soul, our suke, and our whole thought life. All. He is calling us in Romans 12 1 to shed what's bent towards self. And it says, this is the kind he finds acceptable. The kind of worship he finds acceptable. And we see in parentheses in the next slide, the word bodies could also be no longer I. Romans 12, 1. 
There should be one more slide. That's okay. Can I pause for a second and celebrate something? Tonight, our precious tech pastor, Paige, is in Indiana with her brother, who's doing some of his last college concerts. She has left a crew of young men to carry on the dealings of our tech and our sound. And when they got here tonight, things weren't as they normally are. They had to figure it out, they had to troubleshoot it, it is up and working, and they are killing it. Can we give it up for them? And as we celebrate them, look at that. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies. No longer I. Love God. Most of you know that uh, my journey with colorectal cancer that started in late 2021 um, was, was an interesting journey. And in early 2022, it was actually very miraculous. Um, I have a friend here tonight that doesn't know me this way. She knows me from Starbucks. <laughs> that's it. And that's cool. But um, I won't introduce her and all that. But um, I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer in 20, late 2021, and when the stats came out, they were not in my favor. And um, the Lord really impressed on me that I would do everything they told me to do. If they told me I needed radiation and chemo, then I would do it. Everything I would do. Not try to do things on my own, not try to find other ways to do things, but just do what the doctors tell me to do. And so I did, and I was prepared for all of that. And as the stats and the images came out and everything was happening and unfolding, it was not looking good. And I had the largest grade tumor in your colon that you can have, and I had that. And um, they expected it to be super advanced. The stats kept coming out, and it was pretty remarkable because my um, tumor and my cancer had not metastasized, and it had not moved to my lymph nodes, which is, which is actually, we could ask Super Nurse Jen in here tonight, which is actually kind of not possible that you would have the highest grade tumor of a T4B and it not be in those nodes and things like that. And so I, I know that there's some nurses that are like, that's not possible. I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Noted. And um, I was prepared to do all of the radiation and chemo that they were also prepared to give me to shrink this huge tumor. And as the time went on, it was actually a quick journey to surgery because after much prayer and a really awesome night in my pool with a bunch of ladies being baptized, that's right, um, I had some new imaging and the tumor was showing differently than it had before. And they were now able to do surgery first rather than radiation and chemo, but I would definitely need chemo after. And so I was like, great. And so we go into surgery and um, many of you have heard this part of the story, some of you have not. The one I had three different oncologists, two different oncology surgeons prepared to do surgery on me because they believed the tumor had grown into my female anatomy, and so they were prepared to take all of that as well. And the gynecology oncologist called my husband about five minutes into surgery and says to him, Don't worry, everything's fine. <laughs> but she's asleep, and um, we wanted you to know that the tumor is nowhere near anything we thought it was. And Basically, what they found when they got in there, and pathology reports show that the tumor on its own, without one bit of treatment, nothing on the side, shrunk by 40% on its own. Yes. 
And in so doing, um, I was told that I was going to come out with a pour, prepared for chemo, afterwards follow chemo. And when the surgery finished and everything was over, as you know, it went better than expected. And I woke up and the first thing I did was feel for my port and it was not there. Because of the miracle that God moved on my body, no chemo was needed. I've been, they, they actually staged me at one and the tumor ended up being a T2 when they put it, when they got it out of there after all of the holy work that happened in my body. And I couldn't be more thankful. And, um, so I've been stage one, and they've been, I'm in observation mode. But that comes with scans every couple of months, and colonoscopies I had to do a couple this year. And I do blood work every three months to keep an eye. Well, this past week, I went back to my oncologist for my lab work to see how it all turned out. This was my one-year CT scan, and my one-year blood work, and my one-year colonoscopy, and results were clean, clear, remarkable. And of course, we are like, right? I mean, right? So there was a couple things that got stuff going on in some different areas of my body, and those have also resolved. And we didn't talk about those because we didn't need all that. And so those have also resolved. And I was like, of course they have. And so we're so thankful. We're so excited. Um, Another piece that's really cool, in the last year, they've come up with a blood test that actually tests the DNA of your cancer. Your cancer has its own DNA. Whatever cancer I have has its own DNA. And so they came up with a blood test that tests the DNA of your cancer. And so what they do is they go back and they get the pathology of your, of your tumor, of your cancer, the original that they got in, in surgery, and they connect it and look at it and see all the different DNA and tissues that make up this cancer. And then they connect my blood work that's now, and they look at the two, and they get all the DNAs of that, and they look to see if there's anything active in the current. And this will also help them determine the potential for recurrence in cancer. This is going to be groundbreaking and probably save many lives. This blood test that they are doing now, it's brand new, has come out in the last year. Because of this new blood test, unless something shows up on my blood test, I will not need any more CTs. And so we're receiving all of this information and we're walking out of the doctor's office and I will have to continue to get blood work every three months just to make sure that, that the DNA of that cancer is peace out, right? And stays out. And if anything changes, then we, we jump on it immediately, which is amazing. Do you understand that? Recurrence is such a scary thing for cancer patients. And now they can see on the front end every three months what's happening in my body. I'm so thankful for this blood test. I'm so thankful for technology. And this blood test came out the last year. Oh, wait, a year of miracles, right? So, yeah, so I'm overwhelmed. We're walking out of the doctor's office. And obviously, this is amazing news. I mean, our feet can barely touch the ground right now. Remarkable, I mean, literally, they use the word remarkable about the lining of my colon and my surgery site right now, which I'm like, thanks, that's, those are words I never thought to hear about my colon, but I will take it, praise the Lord. Um, but all, all that, right? So we're walking out, and it's all just, you know, I stay pretty neutral when they give the results, because, you know, if you get all emotional when it's good, you've got to get all emotional when it's bad, too. So I, I stay pretty neutral. I receive it all. 
we're walking out, and it's, as soon as we hit the sunshine, the Lord just starts speaking to me. And he just starts reminding me that in 2021, he told me that my work for the year was second, S-E-C-O-N-D. I know, it's a weird word. Everybody else is like, Jesus, fruit, courage, strength. And I'm like, second. It's just not cool, right? It's not a cool word. But the Lord made it clear. I want you to take a second when stuff happens. I want you to take a second. I don't want you responding all emotional. I want you to take a second. I want you to get better at that. All right, second. Take a second. Obviously, the whole thing, you're not first. Yes, I'm second. And then he inspired me that we're going to get you ready for the second half of your life. Yeah. I said, well, let's do that. That sounds like fun. I'll buy some tennis shoes. Right? So I got some sneakers. I was ready. January 2021. Let's go. Second half of my life's going to be great. In November 18, 2021, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I was kind of like, foul. <laughs> this is a foul. And so this past week, when we're walking out of the doctor's office, I said, you gave me a second half of life. You really were preparing me for my second half of life. The symptoms I was having with my colorectal cancer are advanced colon cancer symptoms. The things that are happening are not supposed to happen. And it became really clear on Tuesday as I walked out of the Florida Cancer Specialist that the Lord has gifted me a second half of life. And I'm going to tell you right now, He's got it. He can have it. I don't know what's about to happen up in here <laughs> this year. I don't know what he's about to accomplish in me. Forget through me. Like, what do you want to do in me? I don't know what he wants to do in me. I don't know what he wants to do on me. I don't want to know, I don't know what he wants to do through me, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm his completely. I want him to know that he can have it. He can do it. He can. He's gifted me. A second half of my life. And in that moment, I also realized that really was you. That wasn't just a weird word I thought of. That really was you. And even the take a second that you gave me on December 30th of 2020 to make 2021 part of my journey to take a second was because I was going to hear some really hard stuff. Take a second. And I started realizing you really were talking to me. I really was hearing from you. And you know, the enemy is really good at making you think, ah, that's just a good idea. That's just creative of you. But I want you to hear me. If you know that you know that you know you're hearing from God, plant your feet and believe it because he's going to do something with it. He's going to do something with it. And it might not always be fun. It might get really hard. But on the other side of it, you're going to be totally his. And he's going to totally do it. Because here's the crazy part. In 2017, 
on sabbatical. We lived in Indiana. And we were getting ready to move here and launch this church in a year or so. And in 2017, we were on sabbatical. I was on a balcony at a beach, and I was up before the sun, and I watched the sun come up. And I just had this overwhelming sense that God was going to do something. And so I just said out loud, even without even thinking, I just said out loud, God, you have permission to blow my mind. After I said it, I was like, oh, I don't know what he's going to do. Well, he did. But it was hard. He's blown my mind ten times over. Let me know in a second. He's blown my mind. 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 I could go all around this room. He's blowing my mind here. Let alone what he's done here. He has. And it's been really hard. But you want to know what I think is cool? He's kind of saying, yeah, it's been hard. But now, I can blow your mind. <laughs> Church, I don't know what God wants to do with me. And I don't know what God wants to do with you. We ain't seen nothing yet. This was the appetizer. This was the appetizer. And I can't wait to see what he wants to do with you.
He really has. His name is Jesus. And I understand that sometimes love requires more than we expect. But I am telling you this. You will never regret shedding whatever it takes to move your heart, your command center to loving the Lord your God. You will never regret shedding whatever it takes to move your mind to every corner loving the Lord your God. You will never regret shedding whatever it takes to moving the very breath in your lungs to loving the Lord in this season. And you will never regret shedding whatever it takes to move your command center to loving the Lord your God in the next season and the next season and the next season. And you listen to me. Don't worry about 10 years from now. In this season, you get to shed the flesh. You get to choose no longer I in this season. And let God do what he wants to do in you, on you, and through you. Right here, right now. And Jesus has called us to love the Lord our God with all. To love the Lord our God with all. To love the Lord our God with all. And if that's all you can do, just keep turning your center and turning your bones and turning your breath and turning your mind and turning your intellect to the Lord in order to make it through this season, then you've done everything you've been asked to do. Shed it, sisters. Shed it, men. Let the Lord shed the things in your life that he wants to shed because he wants to do something so great. It's going to not just blow your mind, it's going to blow ours as we watch it unfold. And I know you feel me tonight. And your story isn't going to look like mine. And I pray to God that you don't have to touch an ounce of the pain and the hardship that I've touched. But I can promise you this. This girl really loves God. And he can really, really have it all. And I don't know how I got here, but I know there's no place I'd rather be. And I don't know why I had to go like that, and feel like that, and hurt like that, and sound like that, but there's no place I'd rather be. And I might have to forgive some people, and I might have to forgive myself, and I might have to let some things go, and cut some strings, and, but there's no place I'd rather be. And I might have to shake off some pain, and I might have to shake off some past, and I might have to shake off some habits, but there's no place I'd rather be. Oh, church, the first and greatest commandment is one of the greatest privileges of our life. We get to love the Lord our God with all our center, with every piece of our being, bending every desire and decision toward him, taking every breath for his glory and trading my will for his, letting every side of the coin in my mind be on him and filtering my literal feelings through his sacrificial love for me. Church, we get to do that. And you know what's beautiful? He did it first. He gave all. He modeled it. And we get to return it. We get to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And yes, it might get hard, but it will be worth it. 
You might have to shed a few things along the way, but it would be worth it. As the worship team comes up, I want you to consider this. What is the area? Is there a command center issue? Is there some things in your command center, your desired decisions that you make that you know need to be shed tonight? Do you know that you operate from a place of fear or insecurity or selfishness? And you know that there's some things right there in that command center that need to be shed so that you can love the Lord, your God, with all in this season, your heart. Or maybe there's some things in your very breath and in your very will that you have a strong will that you insist on things going your way. My way or the highway mentality. And tonight you know that that's a place in you that needs to soften and surrender and shed a bit so that you can love the Lord your God with all your soul. Or maybe you know that there are corners of your mind that really get away from the center of who Jesus is and who he's calling you to be. Or maybe you know that there's a side of the coin that you always hang on to, that cynical side that kind of has a little bit of doubt, makes you feel like you have a little bit of control on things, or name it. But there are corners of your mind, there are side to sides, fronts and backs to your mind, to the intellect that you know you need to shed tonight in order to truly Love the Lord your God with all your mind. Well, I want you to know this. Wherever you find yourself needing to shed some stuff tonight, to get closer to being in a place where you're loving God with all, you're amongst sojourners. We all have something to shed. And in every season, he reveals it, and he can rip it, and pull it, and tear it, or we can lay it down. Tonight, as we... Start to respond. We have candles on each side. Those candles are symbolic to Jesus, the light of the world. Tonight, if you know that you need the light of Christ in your life, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your home, in your work, in your neighborhood, you can come and you can light a candle that is symbolic for inviting Jesus into your very life. We have a communion in the back where you can go back and you can love him and say, thank you that you modeled it, that you did it first. Like we sang earlier, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, because he first loved me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, that you gave it all, that you modeled all for us. Thank you for your body and your blood, broken and spilled for me so that I can have eternal life and not bear the weight of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. You could take that time. There are chairs on the side that you could sit and spend time with Jesus. But tonight... You got some things to shed? I'm going to go to the altar. He has the second half of my life, but sometimes I hope it goes like that. Or I hope this happens. Or what? what I got to shed it. I got to lay it down. And I just got to bless the Lord that I'm standing here, able to share this with you. And because He decided that He was going to give me a second half of life. By the way, you were also on the wake up list this morning. And he's decided to give you a second chance, a third chance, a 20th chance at life. There's probably some things we could all shed here tonight.
Come, kneel, worship. We're going to have extended worship and response around the room. Take time. Communion will be there. Candles will be there. Kneeling will be here. Worship is here. Let's, let's totally take in what he has done already and simply respond to that. Let's pray. God, we stand in awe of you first and foremost. The basket weave of love and care, provision and kindness, and faithfulness and goodness that comes from you to each one of us, Lord, that just literally holds us and carries us through. And tonight, Lord, as we launch into this loving God and loving others, and we're captured by this passage that you're calling us to love you with all, that feels really hard sometimes because I get in the way. And Lord, you've given us everything we need to be able to love you back. And so tonight, Lord, as we respond and light candles and take communion and shed things from ourselves, our being, our center, our very bones, our breath, that we need to shed in order to even begin to love you, let alone with all. Would you meet us where we are? Encouraging us and beckoning, beckoning us onward toward more and more and more of you. You've given us all the chance today in life. Thank you, Lord. We don't want to miss it. We want to turn it back to you. Even our very breath. Because there's a world out there that doesn't know you do this kind of stuff. That you've done that. And we gotta tell them. But as we're reminded, the greatest testimony is a transformed life. So Lord, help us to turn it over to you to shed the things that get in the way so that we can be transformed and be yours all the days of our life. We love you so much. Meet us here as we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Respond as you feel like.